0: Good morning, join me in a few uh, medleys that I feel like I need to sing today because I just feel uh, singing coming up in me, so I'm going to sing first. Pass
1: me not, oh gentle Savior, Hear my humble cry. cry Fix me, Jesus, fix me, fix me for my long white robe, fix me for my star- Fix me, fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord, come and quench this thirsting in my soul, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup Fill it up And After thy will
0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope that you're having a great and wonderful day. And I was singing today from the African American Heritage Hymnal, which has close to 600 hymns, spirituals, and gospel songs. A incredible resource for those of you who are like me, who love to sing and who love to dive into songs that have stood the test of time it is relationship wednesday we're going to be looking at just one book today i am going to be continuing reading from the chapter why don't we have healthy boundaries chapter three and i'll be reading from set boundaries find peace A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself by Nedra Glover-Tawab. We're looking at the section entitled Modeling today. And then we're going to look at childhood issues that impact boundaries such as trauma, abuse, or neglect. And then we will um, stop there for today. I will... uh, open it up for some conversation and we're going to end a little bit early today um, because I do have a appointment a little bit later. I don't know what the temperature is where you are, but I think my temperature gauge says it feels like three degrees outside. So yeah, <laughs> if you're dealing with the cold today, if you are In the midst of the storm, we still have another round of snow coming our way on tomorrow. Um, So I encourage you to stay safe, uh, stay warm, stay uh, inside if you can at all help it. Because I know they said that it's not just the cold, but it is the Arctic wind and temperatures um, that are really affecting people. Um, taking, you know, and taking in that cold air to the lungs can be very detrimental. So, um, hopefully you're able to stay warm, stay inside, uh, work remotely if at all possible. Let's jump into our topic today. Why don't we have healthy, healthy boundaries? Chapter three under the section modeling. James Baldwin said this, and if you're just coming in, make sure you rewind because we had about a good five minutes of hymn singing. So if you love hymns, you'll enjoy the first five minutes of our show today. James Baldwin said, "'Children have never been very good "'at listening to their elders, "'but they have never failed to imitate them.'" Parents teach children by modeling. Parents who don't model healthy boundaries inadvertently teach kids or children Unhealthy boundaries. I work with women who struggle to take good care of themselves. When I ask them, Did you see your mother caring for yourself? they inevitably answer, No. These women not only don't know how to care for themselves, but they also feel severe guilt when they do practice self care. They've been taught that self care is selfish and would make them a bad person. They've seen their mothers personify a selfless image of womanhood, so in their attempt to be a woman, they repeat what they saw. But our mothers were burned out too. It's just that their generation often believed that they were obligated to do everything for others without complaining about it. Awareness of the need for self-care is on the rise today, and self-care is becoming more acceptable, but it hasn't always been that way. Just a few decades ago, the literature on self-care was very sparse. At Barnes & Noble's in 2018, books about self-care outsold books on diet and exercise. In the last few years, people have begun to learn that weight issues are often a symptom of the mental and emotional health issues they face. What many people don't realize, however, is that often poor self-care is an issue with boundaries, When we consistently exercise, we set expectations for ourselves, defining what behaviors and habits we can and cannot accept. We won't find time to go to the gym or even eat well if we don't have healthy boundaries with ourselves, or we violate those boundaries. When it isn't okay to say no. Children learn whether it's okay to say no from their parents. Learning is either direct or indirect. Firsthand, children see how their parents respond to being told no, either by siblings, other family members, or outside adults. Parents' response to being told no informs the child about whether it's okay to say no. If children receive the message, I cannot say no, then they will struggle with saying it. This message doesn't have to be verbalized explicitly, such as, you cannot say no to me. A parent's reactions, such as giving the child the silent treatment, dismissing their concerns, or ridiculing the child for having a need are all equal to communicating that saying no is not okay. Although the family is the first arena where we learn, we also learn from the people in our lives. These include teachers, peers, television, and even movie personalities among other adults. Childhood issues that impact boundaries such as trauma, abuse, or neglect. Trauma is any life event or experience that causes you to feel deeply distressed. These events don't have to be a first-hand experience. We can be traumatized by what we observe someone else experience. For example, if we witness domestic violence in our home, we're impacted, even if we are never physically or verbally abused ourselves. We may experience trauma as a result of a death of a loved one, a bad accident, abuse and neglect, bullying, abandonment, divorce, or an incarcerated parent. The experience of trauma shifts our brain and body into survival mode. This is one way in which unhealthy boundaries become a tool for survival. If we believe our survival hinges on our relationships, it will be exceedingly hard to set boundaries in those relationships. If we feel that we have no other options or way to get out of a particular situation, setting limits may not seem like a reasonable course of action. Abuse. Physical abuse and emotional abuse are boundary violations. When people are unaware that this type of treatment is wrong, they may view abuse as an expected part of a relationship. Victims of physical or emotional abuse find it hard to set boundaries with their abusers. When victims start to believe they are responsible for their abuse, or when they start to sympathize with the perpetrator, trauma bonding occurs. Trauma bonding limits our ability to set boundaries because we think we're the cause of the perpetrator's actions. People who grew up in abusive homes have a higher likelihood of developing trauma bonds later in life. Also, The longer the abusive relationship continues, the harder it is to leave. Trauma bonding happens in families where children believe that they are responsible for what is said and done to them. Verbal abuse, for example. If I would have listened, my mom wouldn't have yelled and called me names. Physical abuse. My dad had been drinking. I should have known better than to ask him anything. He hit me when he's been drinking. I have to stay out of his way. In adult relationships, the situation may look different, but trauma bonding can still be a part of the relationship. Verbal abuse example with a partner. My partner doesn't like questions. That's why he yells at me when I ask questions. I need to figure things out without ticking them off. Physical abuse. When my wife is upset, she throws things at me. It's just how she deals with her rage. When you're manipulated into believing that the abuse was your fault, it's a boundary violation. Regardless of the reason behind the abuse, it's never okay for someone to abuse you. Even if the person is a parent, a partner, or someone you trust, manipulation is an essential factor. People who have been abused find it especially challenging to believe that others will be willing to meet their expectations. Physical Neglect This kind of neglect involves the absence of necessities or lack of care given to physical needs. Children who are physically neglected may not be adequately nourished or may appear unkempt. While we might assume the neglect is because of a lack of finances, this isn't always the case. Neglect can occur even in homes where financial resources are available. Emotional Neglect this is the absence of enough emotional attention. Emotionally neglected loved ones can be well-meaning, so victims of neglect tend to sympathize with a neglectful person. It may seem ironic, but emotional neglect can sometimes be a result of too much closeness. Enmeshment prevents us from establishing a sense of individuality. It leads us to believe that we are responsible for how others feel, so we protect and shield them, for what we perceive as undesirable outcomes. But meeting the emotional needs of a parent is not a job for the child. Here's a reminder for adults who experienced emotional neglect in childhood. It was never your job to be the man of the house, to be the confidant for your parent, to take care of your siblings, to learn things without parental guidance, to keep the peace within a chaotic home, to figure things out without emotional support, to be responsible for bills when you were a child. Children's boundaries are violated when children are placed into adult roles, even when those roles happen as a result of necessity. In Justin's case, as we read earlier, someone needed to be there to help with his younger brother, but another adult, such as his dad or a grandparent, could have taken on that responsibility. Consider the damage done to Justin's relationship with his parents and his siblings. He didn't have a normal sibling relationship with his brothers as he was tasked with managing their needs. With his parents, he was a confidant and was unable to get his own emotional needs met by his parents. When someone neglects us, it's hard for us to believe that they would be willing or able to accept our requests. In chapter 8 of this book, we will dive into how trauma impacts our ability to set and execute boundaries. And we are going to stop there for today. Modeling. I believe quite a bit of what we're seeing in our society. That we are saying children. When people are saying children are out of hand. I'm going to back it up and I'm going to say adults are out of hand. We've had several examples, even in the last 24 hours, of adults being out of hand. I'm not going to go over them today, but um, we've had some examples of adults being out of hand. And so we can't just keep saying children are out of hand without looking at us as adults in our society. I'm going to open the uh, floor today for some conversation. We've got about 15 minutes here um, to chop it up, so if you want to come on and respond to today's reading, please feel free to click on the camera and I will bring you on. If you are listening by Google Play, Spotify, I want to thank you for your time and attention. Thank you so much for those of you who are coming back to listen, those of you who are choosing to Catch the replay by audio. Um, Thank you for listening in that mode and method. This has been another episode of Daring Dialogues. And I've been your host today, Shante Charles. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness. So continue to go out and be light. Remember, if you're the adult in the situation, children will do far more what they see than what you say. Be well and be light.